Welcome to Out of the Technicolor Closet, a podcast promoting inclusivity and understanding for the LGBT youth of today and tomorrow. We are your hosts, Ling and Stephanie. This is sponsored by the Out Center, located in Benton Harbor, Michigan. So today we will be talking about ways to support and better understand your friends or family who identify as transgender or who are aligned under the trans umbrella. So today we have a special guest speaker. Her name is Liz. She's been transitioning for about... About three years. About three years. So she's pretty knowledgeable on a lot of the topics when it comes to transgender health, awareness, rights, and whatnot. So she's going to be helping us out today when it comes to certain questions we have, if we have any difficulties understanding what it's like in the life of somebody going through their transition. Which this makes me really happy, by the way, just because although I am also part of the community, um, there's stuff about uh, the tea in the LGBT (laughs) that I'm still kind of confused about. So it'll be nice to kind of become a little bit more knowledgeable of that as well. Well, I'm happy here to help you. All right. So let's dive right into this. Now, the first few questions many people have when it comes to the T of LGBT is what is it and why are said persons identifying this way? Well, being transgender is when a person's gender identity does not actually align with their biological sex. Mm -hmm. Gender is the way someone identifies and perceives themselves, while sex is how we're classified by our reproductive systems, chromosomes, hormones, etc., The majority of the time, the people who end up transitioning have what is called gender dysphoria. And that is basically this feeling that is a complete disconnect between your sex and your perceived gender physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. So another common question that people have is how is gender identity and sexuality different? Sometimes people have the idea that, oh, this person that I know that says they're trans, they're, they're not really trans. They're probably just uh, gay, they like the same gender, you know, they just want to identify differently because they want to fit in better, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I mean, like, this could be kind of controversial, but it just depends on the person and how they ident- identify, such as there's uh, some trans people like myself that are going through the transition. They want to have a actual, um, well, back in the day, it was called like a um, sex change. Mm-hmm. But now the more common term is gender confirmation surgery mm-hmm. and then there are also people that are comfortable with their genitalia but they also identify as a different sex than their gender at birth mm-hmm. okay. and while sexuality and gender identity is similar in some ways they do have a little bit of relation they're actually completely different when it comes to the technical terms uh, somebody transitioning has nothing to do with what kind of person they like or prefer which I'm glad you you hit on that for sure because again yeah there's so many assumptions out there where people are like oh they're changing because they they want to be with this person or Mm -hmm. that person or whatever it is and uh it's like no that's not the case at all it's just what you're feeling exactly (laughs) what you think you are who you who you feel you are and then some people like i get a lot of questions like what made you want to be a female or like when did you choose to I don't feel that it's a personal choice because I felt like this since I was like really young. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like it's a choice. It's more of just how you feel. Yeah. And not only are there people outside of the community that also think like, oh, well, mm, this person is just sexually confused. It's sometimes people who do go through the transition initially. I, I know a few people who are transitioning or have transitioned. And initially they thought to themselves, well, obviously I'm I'm a I'm a lesbian. I don't want to identify as a man. I'm just a very butch female. Mm-hmm. And then as time passes, they start to realize, oh, actually, 
this aligns more with my views and maybe I do like the prospect of transitioning or maybe I actually want to live my life like this. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's less of a choice, though. It's more of a coming to grips and understanding with who you really are as a person and less of a, I feel like this now. Yeah. More of like, oh, I know who I am. Yeah. Which, I mean, clearly that's something you want to be sure of before deciding to take a next step. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there is uh, cases of detransitioning where people aren't exactly too sure of mm-hmm. how they identify. And then they go through surgeries, they go through hormones, and then they're there, they're done. And they're like, I have even more gender dysphoria now that's, than I did in the beginning. Uh, that's so scary. I, it, I mean, just because if you're already struggling with it as is, and then you decide to go through a process, then you almost want to just take it back because you're not too sure anymore. Kind of makes you probably feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't know where you can go from there. Like kind of feeling like helpless, like you're like trapped on an island, you can't get off. And mm-hmm. some of the effects of transitioning and hormones, like those effects are some of them can be like you can't go back from them. They're irreversible. Yeah. So looking back on some of the topics that we brought up in our last conversation, what do hormones do and is surgery safe is another big question for not only families and friends of somebody going through a transition or wanting to transition, but for said transgender person themselves. Mm -hmm. So for people who are transitioning female to male, patients inject themselves or receive regular injections of controlled amounts of testosterone. This makes more masculine features predominant, creates a drop in their voice, makes muscles more defined, increases production of hair all over the body. Uh, Some of these effects are irreversible, such as the drop in the voice if somebody ever transitions and they want to detransition, this could be a huge problem. Totally. Um, when it comes to excess gender dysphoria after they finish their transition. And for people who are MTF or male to female, patients go through similar processes, but instead are injected with estrogen, which is the female hormone. This makes more feminine features prominent. There's breast growth, fat redistribution, and muscle deterioration from lack of testosterone. So more muscular, uh, the more muscular features you have as a biological male, they start to soften mm-hmm. and become more effeminate. Um, and there's also like a variety of different, um, like different medicines, like the doctors will run tests and like do blood tests and everything to see which medicine will work for you. Because there's like estrogen from male to female, and there's also like progesterone there's like different ranges and like velocities of the strength of hormones for each transition. Yeah. So the best thing to do when going through hormone therapy is to make sure you talk, talk, talk with your doctor and your hormone therapist about how your body is changing, how you feel and any physical changes that have been happening just so that you're on the same page and that you're not getting too high of a dose or too low of a dose. Liz, can I ask you about this too? Um, Did you ever experience any of that where it was like too high, too low of a dose or something that it affected you in a potentially negative way or you didn't feel so good or? I mean, I've actually have had some, I'm not going to lie, some incarceration issues within the past few years. So in like financial stuff. So I haven't actually been able to start hormones, but Mm -hmm. I do have an appointment set up sometime soon. Okay. But I'm going to have to travel all the way to Chicago to mm-hmm. specialist. That's what I kind of figured, too. Um, just coming from Chicago, I, I uh, recently had come from the north side of Chicago. And uh, it's, I mean, it's a good community to be a part of if you are part of the LGBT community, just because everybody's open and uh, just open minded in general. And also, I do hear more about that and where you can go to try to make your transition or where you can go to even just like seek counseling in order to 
help you through the process and, mm-hmm. you know, find the right people to help you out with everything you're dealing with. Yeah, for me, it was just a matter of finding someone who will accept my insurance or like have a um, like a payment plan for like, co-pays and stuff. And, you know, people that will work with you and the place that I go is Howard Brown Medical Center and they do a great job with you. Okay. But the also like closest nearest place besides Chicago is Ann Arbor. It's the University of Michigan. Okay. So after you fully transitioned using hormones and you finished hormone therapy, which is usually all about like uh, sometime after 12 months uh, after you take hormones, you're eligible to start surgery as long as your hormone levels are like within range. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once you reach a certain point in your hormone therapy treatment, you can start talking to your doctor about having your gender confirmation surgery and what that entails, making sure that you're ready, your family's ready, and that you know everything that's going to happen to your body. And um, also having a good like support system and like people to be there and people you can like trust and talk to is a good thing, like emotional support. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And like also doing your research on your doctor, talking to like different medical professionals, because there's like for each transition, like gender confirmation surgery, there are different techniques that different doctors use and just doing your research and talking to different medical professionals will give you an idea of which way or which technique you would like to use to have your gender confirmation surgery. And also you can talk to your doctor about like safety risk and um, potential things that could happen during surgery. Recently, there has been lots of advancements when it comes to gender confirmation surgery, especially when it, especially when we're talking about Female to male surgeries, there's multiple different ways that top surgery can happen, that bottom surgery can happen. And just clarifying what risks and how the process works can work wonders for you throughout your transition, make it a lot smoother, make it a lot less complicated so that you're who you want to be, you're who you need to be faster. And kind of not even like to hurry up the process, but just in general, like making you more comfortable with your body Mm -hmm. and yourself just confirming of who you are and how you feel so i have to ask do when you're going to be making the transition and going through surgery do they actually suggest or maybe even put you into like some form of counseling in order to maybe help along with the process so that way you can learn to accept and feel comfortable with basically like this new way of living Mm -hmm. Is, is that something that's part of the process at all I mean, all services are available. Um, You can see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist, um, whatever services that you require, they are available for you. Okay. And usually, like, before you start hormones, like, before you get approved to start hormones, a doctor will suggest you to see a therapist or, like, a medical professional that they can, like, give you their opinion, you know? Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially if it's something that they've experienced before in the past of having to say, are you sure you're ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. Or is this something that you should probably think a little bit more about um, and do more research about before taking that next step? Just so they don't get all caught up in having to detransition if they're not actually ready yeah, for yeah, like, said surgery. Like we brought up before, mm-hmm. like some of those effects are like, you can't come back from that. And you're permanently changed and it's really difficult to accept yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of signs that somebody who is transgender shows at an early age. So imagine that you're in the care of a young boy around the age of seven or eight. He's carefree and sometimes a little handful, classic rowdy, classic rowdy young child. But you see them start to lean towards Barbie dolls. They start to 
put on straight high heels and they coat their face in makeup quite often. This is a really important time in this child's life. The number one mistake parents make or caretakers make when they see things like this is they immediately discipline their child like, oh, no, don't do that. That's for girls. That's not for you. Mm-hmm. Ingraining this into their head at such a young age while they're still exploring who they are is completely wrong. It could stunt the child's ability to understand who they are as they're growing up. And like most processes and phases an aging child gets into you need to let them figure it out on their own without encouraging or really discouraging the best that you can do is just observe and stay present for them and like a common misconception from parents is like oh my child is confused or they're just having fun or just let them do them or like they don't even necessarily discipline them but they just like let them go and some parents are actually accepting like they notice these things about their child oh my child gravitates to female things even though they were born male so then they might take them to counseling or a therapist and see what's going on which can be really good for the kid early on especially if they're more confused as they get older they might be like oh i lean towards this but all of my male friends like this why don't i like this or oh i really like this show but none of my female friends like this show what Mm -hmm. does that mean and having somebody there that possibly understands what you're going through and can help cater to you and give you information when you're absolutely lost is a lifesaver for a lot of people sadly there are times when somebody who is transitioning isn't exactly lucky enough to have accepting friends or family A question that is often asked by family that does not accept said transgender person is, what did I do wrong? And it's a question that a lot of people in the LGBT community have heard, not just transgender people, but anybody who comes out to maybe parents who are less educated on the matter of the community, on topics of the community. Word. That's... (laughs) So I got to say, because, yeah, that's I mean, that's something I've heard, too, is what did I do wrong? Uh, where did we go wrong with this? You, you didn't. It's just I am who I am. And that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no way you can raise your kid wrong so that they have a certain sexuality or gender identity. It's yep. nothing to do with you. It's all to do with how you live your life and what your preferences are. Yeah. There's a number of ways you can support somebody as they're going through their transition. The best way to start doing this is to make sure to call them by their respective pronouns and desired name. It may be difficult at first if you've known them by a different name and you grew up with them when they were presenting differently, but any efforts that you make are always greatly appreciated. Asking questions is also something that you should do, especially if you're not sure about certain topics when it comes to being transgender. The person in your life that is transitioning is also learning new things about themselves and their community every day. So maybe make it a common event to regroup and talk about things you're confused about or have just discovered. Finally, one of the most helpful things that you can do is assist your person in scheduling their appointments for hormone therapy or their surgery and just being there for them throughout the whole process. Give them resources to like help them find a pathway of which route they're taking. So yeah, like if they're unsure... Mm -hmm. about how they want to proceed or how they want to continue like they know they're transgender but they don't exactly want to get surgery or they know they're transgender but they don't exactly want to do this and they're confused like does it really make me part of the t in lgbt does it really make me this does it make me that so if they're confused and they don't really know exactly who they are yet 
helping them get to a gender therapist will work wonders for that person. And unfortunately, like growing up, I didn't have those services. I didn't have somebody there to help me get information about stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to wait until later in life until I was about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And then like I was able to do my own research and do everything for myself. So how did that affect you? Like not having the ability to talk to somebody about what you were going through or what you were thinking about at that age? All right. Like having those services not available to me because I didn't have someone to like show me the way or like having someone to talk to. Like my grandma always taught me like too much pressure will bust the pipe. That's where I ran into issues like in school, like having outbursts and like just having being angry and emotional Mm because I didn't have anybody to talk to. So I would just like burst out in anger, you know, fighting and all that stuff. And I feel like being able to have those services and someone to talk to, like we've mentioned before, it would have been better for me because I would have had someone to express my feelings to Mm -hmm. and not be as emotional in public and society as I was. Yeah. Okay, so I know this is something that we've talked about before in past episodes, but the bathroom issue. I know this is something that uh, you both deal with in your school, like something that you, at least Liz, had dealt with in the past. What is wh- What did the school do ultimately to either help you or maybe not even help you at all? So, like, when I first came out to my school and, like, I went to administrators, like, the superintendent and everything, they said that there's no such thing as transgender. You were born a male, quote unquote, and that's how you always are and going to be. And, like, they did not respect me at all. Like, administrators, staff, students, they would all call me by my dead name. And it was just horrible. And, um... About the bathroom situation, it was such as I would have to go to the office to use a singular bathroom in like different bathrooms around the school, mm-hmm. but they never allowed me into the female bathroom itself. Like any female bathroom, I could not go into. It was either used a singular bathroom, which made me feel feel singled out from the rest of everybody else, mm-hmm. or I would have to go to a, a male bathroom. Well, and also, where do they get off? thinking that it's okay to tell someone that they are not who they are. You know, like, where do you think that that's okay? Just because maybe they're in a a position in the school where they think they're high up or something that they can just tell a a student that, no, sorry, you're wrong, I'm right. And I feel like out of all people, a superintendent who is in charge of a whole school should not be, their mind should not be a one-way street. They should be open because... A school was supposed to care about the kids. We're supposed to feel safe there. Mm-hmm. And just walking into like a male bathroom from the past, it was like terrible. Like people say things to you. You can potentially get into physical fights or like arguments and stuff with people. Mm-hmm. And if anything, what staff and superintendents are doing at our school isn't trying to help people who are going through a transition feel more comfortable, feel more accepted, if anything is perpetuating violence in certain situations when it comes to, for Liz, going into a male bathroom, there's people at that school, the majority of the students at that school were not accepting of her during her transition, and a lot of people would talk about her, say things that they shouldn't, for no reason other than the fact that she's living her life different than the majority of other people do. Well, and if you're the superintendent of the school or anybody in a 
staff position by you saying stuff like that you're making it okay for the students to say stuff like that Mm. and that's not right okay you're the adult here you're the one who should be setting the example even if you don't agree with something necessarily at least just accept your students for who they are exactly keep an open mindset to the best of your ability Mm -hmm. and it's like not all administrative staff or teachers because there were a few staff that were accepting and did it uh Use the right uh, name and pronouns and all that good stuff. Of course. And it's not like we're just bashing a school for something that I had to go through. It's nothing like that. It's more of just giving information in my personal experience. Yeah. Um, and no, and I totally understand that. But th- that's going to be like that wherever you go, anywhere in the world, really. Because it's just like not everybody's going to agree with the way you want to live your life but then also you're going to run into plenty of great people out there who are Mm going to be accepting and who are going to you know just treat you the way you want to be treated yeah that's why i respect everybody because you don't necessarily have to agree with how i live my life and how my life is going but at least respect me as a person exactly Mm -hmm. because no matter however anybody ends up living their life or no matter what lifestyle they pursue There should always be that basic respect that you give another living, breathing human being that goes through maybe the same things that you go through. Yeah. And if you can't tell whether someone is male, female or transgender, then it's like me personally. I have people coming up to me like in Walmart or different stores while I'm in the public and they ask me questions like, are you male? Are you female? Are you going through a transition? And most of us. I'm speaking for myself mostly, but a lot of us transgender people, we are comfortable with answering questions. Mm-hmm. And some of us are not uh, comfortable because some of us are still finding out who we are ourselves. Yeah. It's understandable when somebody is a little standoffish if somebody asks them, like, are you a girl or a boy? Or like, what are you? It could be worded better. But the best thing that you can do in that situation as a transgender person is take a deep breath. And help educate the person so that the next time they encounter someone who's transgender, they can be more polite and ask the right questions and try not to be rude or assume too many things. Mm -hmm. The way this court system in like the United States is like, I feel it's not very fair because someone who is trans or someone who does not agree with their gender that they were born with and that according to their name it is so hard to be able to legally change your name there is a whole process you have to physically i would say humiliate yourself or put yourself out there in the newspaper you have to write a whole article and telling the public why you want to change your name and all this stuff and there's also court fees court costs and Mm. it's just so expensive and i feel like there should be a easier way to be able to change your name. Mm-hmm. Because, first of all, having to write about why you want to be called the name that you deserve to be called. What is the point for that? That's ridiculous, really. When it comes to, is there the same process for somebody who wants to change their name who isn't transgender? I mean, it's all the same process, but you basically have to... Go to the court. You have to file. You have to pay a fee. Um, the fees like depend on each county and how much they require. And then the next step is setting up a court date and writing your article to the newspaper. And then after, during your court date, you have to explain to the judge and everyone in the courtroom why you feel like your name should be changed. And you have to prove to them that it's not for um, criminal activity. Oh, okay. 
Okay. It's just a long, like, drawn-out process. Crazy. Well, this is really good. I think we had a pretty solid conversation today, and honestly, I think that I personally learned a lot from today's episode, so thanks so much, Liz, for coming in and being a part of this. It was a pleasure to be here. So join us next time on Out of the Technicolor Closet for when we talk about navigating schools in the workplace as somebody in the LGBT community. Hey, thanks again for listening. It really means a lot to us. And give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe to Out of the Technicolor Closet anywhere you go to get your podcasts.